Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, when you're growing your business, should you worry about getting a positive return on investment for every penny that you spend? It's an interesting question that came up for me while talking with today's guest, Sarah. Sarah started her own agency just five months ago, and while she's been able to get hourly contractors on board quickly to help with creative work, she's having a hard time knowing how to find the right people to help with administrative work or client relations work. Even more, she's not sure how to pay for those people because in a traditional agency model, everything has to be tied back to billable client hours. Well, after talking through it, we came out with some pretty good solutions. And P.S. Now Sarah is looking to hire someone with client relations or project management skills. So be sure to contact her. Her contact info is in this episode's description or at the end of the episode. Okay, we will be right back with Sarah after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. And unfortunately, my co-host Clay is not able to join us today, but I am joined by my new friend Sarah calling from South Dakota. Hey, hey Sarah. Hey, everyone. So nice to have you on the show. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Good, great. Why don't we start off? Uh, you can tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about your business. What what kind of business are you in? How long have you been doing it? Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I've been in marketing uh, for the past uh, 12 plus years. 
um, working at agencies, agency roles, and then most recently at an in-house marketing role. And then uh, towards the end of last year, decided to um, start off on my own. And I launched Alloyd, A-L-O-I-D-E. Uh, and it's a sort of an unconventional agency um, that brings together independent contractors from all over the United States together to offer our clients a full service agency experience, but you know all the benefits of working with contractors. So mm. cheaper rates, more flexibility, uh, easier to scale, um, less red tape, less overhead. Um, I love and, it. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I just started it in January, so still fairly new and um, kind of learning as I go here. Yeah, at time of recording, it's May, just so everyone listening can get a sense of how long you've been working on this thing. So I love I love that business model. Um, we've talked to a few people who have been doing that around the world where, where it's, it's sort of like they take these uh, contractors, remote workers freelancers some might call them subcontractors and they basically build like this agency model where everyone's dispersed no one's on payroll um but to the client it feels like this robust agency that can offer all of these different services so really cool yeah it's been exciting and um i think it's just kind of the way you know the way the world is moving and just trying mm. to take advantage of uh all the great people i've met over the last you know 10 plus years so yeah. So what was the catalyst for, for the change? Like what, I mean, you, I, I don't think you said you got laid off. You just left your job. I did. Um, what, what was, what was sort of why is what I'm asking. <laughs> why? That's a good question. Um, so I worked at a, in an in-house marketing department for a fairly large tech company. Um, I was the director of creative services there and managing, our agency relationships, our independent contractors, and then our in-house creative team. And, um, you know, it just kind of came down to having this entre- entrepreneurial spirit that I've had my entire life. So knowing kind of I've always wanted to work towards um, being on my own. Um, and then also through that role, just kind of... Um, played agency in a way for all the work that we executed at that company. Mm. So it was like, well, I'm already doing this role. Essentially, I could just kind of take this on my own and and launch my own thing and and do it on my own. So um, yeah, it wasn't laid off. It wasn't really, um, you know, out of necessity. It was really just a desire to to start this and and, um, embrace that entrepreneurial spirit, like I said, that I've always... I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the bravery in that. Um, you know, so many people feel like they want that, but but just can't take that leap. And um, and bravo to you for for doing that. Um, so okay, so let's talk about uh, your clients. Like, what what kind of you do? I think you said you do primarily marketing work at your agency, but with all the different freelancers you work with or subcontractors you work with, like, what kind of clients do you service? What kind of work do you do for them? Yeah, so we really are a if we were, if you were to categorize the agency, I'd say it would be a brand and creative agency. So we do a lot of oh, okay. you know, brand work, so you know, initial brand foundations and brand development as well as, you know, for um, you know, more developed companies and brands doing integrated marketing campaigns, creative concepts, uh, you know, executing all the the various aspects of that from media to uh, you know, copywriting, email, digital marketing. Um, 
so we kind of uh, do it, you know, I hate to say do it all, but we really um, have capabilities to do everything um, from video to photography, you know, like I said, writing, design, all of it. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, and I'm looking at your website, some really great work here and um, how fun that you're able to work with with people all over. I mean, I assume, I guess I assume that are, are people... Are the are the contractors you're using? Are they mostly local? Uh, do you like meet together, or are they mostly remote? And you just work sort of over the internet? Yeah, no, we are we are primarily remote. I would say there's only one. I think if I off the top of my head, just one partner who's actually local to the area. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but the rest are all over the United States. So we've got Idaho, California, Chicago, Texas, um, New York. Um, so we're kind of all over all over the board. Yeah, very cool. I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about where your business is headed then. It sounds to me like it's in a good place. I mean, you're five months into this thing. Um, it sounds really exciting. Um, I, I want to talk about where it's headed though. So you you put that um, on this on this survey that we have you fill out before you come on the call. And if you're listening and you'd like to jump on a call as well, just like Sarah today, we'd love to have you. Usually I have Clay here with me. Um, unfortunately, he can't be here today, but usually Clay and I co-host this show and we really just try to put out a great coaching call for anyone who wants to call in. So Sarah signed up. Um, we were excited to have her. And when you signed up, Sarah, you just filled out like a little, I don't know, four or five question questionnaire. We asked you a little bit more about your business. One of the questions on there um, is... On the scale of, of 1 to 10, 1 being completely a freelancer, 10 being what we're calling a founder, running a business that, that doesn't rely just on you, where would you put yourself? And and you put that you're currently at a 5 and that you'd like to be more at an 8 in the next year. I'd love to hear what that kind of looks like. Like what, what in your mind is ideal scenario a year from now for your business? Yeah. Um, so I think I put 5 because... Um, you know, I've got a team of independent contractors that I work with. Um, we're pretty well yeah. established in our, um, in our processes that we do and how we work together and getting things done. And, um, so that's kind of where that gauge came from. And then to be an eight, you know, it's, it kind of gets to the the question I have for you, but understanding, you know, right now, I'm primarily the one who's bringing in all the business, you know, having all the client calls. I'm really acting as a creative director, but also, you know, doing the new business development and account service, you know, what is traditionally like an account service role at a Mm. regular agency, as well as project managing. So um, I think in order to move the needle from five to 10, you know, I don't know if I even ever will be a 10 or with the model I have that 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 would be the case, but, um, it would be interesting to kind of understand, um, how I can, how I can disperse some of that workload so that I'm still being able to, you know, do the creative direction work that I love to do. That was like the reason I wanted to go start my own thing. And, yeah, and I, I'm not as able to do that now to kind of help, you know, get the business started and grow Mm. our book of clients and things like that. So, yeah, this is a really interesting problem and one that so many people face. I, I'd say a lot of people that call us, it's like um, they they start their own thing because they love doing the work, the creative work, or or just the day to day work. Uh, and and then when you start a business, suddenly you realize like there's all this other work that has to happen, right? And 
um, and someone's got to do it. And if it doesn't happen, then that creative work can't happen at all. And then obviously you don't get paid either. And so it, it, it becomes this major sticking point of like, can I do what I enjoy or am I stuck doing all of this business work, business development? And and you might enjoy that a little bit, but it sounds to me like your real passion is in the creative work. And so, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. What I'm sort of hearing is, is you feel stuck in this thing of like, well, if I want the business to grow, um, I'm going to have to devote more time to the the business development side, the the marketing, the client meetings, all of that stuff. And what I'd really like to spend more time doing is the creative direction and the creative work. That's exactly right. Yes. So right now I would say that 70% of my time for the last several months has just been meetings and coffees and lunches and emails and putting together mm. proposals and um, you know, 30% of that time is doing creative work. And, um, you know, I kind of have felt like it's, um, sort of the, uh, mandatory, you know, hazing period of like, growing <laughs> yeah. business. And I've, I've kind of just been getting through it. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy parts of that as well. It's not like I, I don't, but, um, it's definitely not sustainable long term, you know, because obviously I'm not getting paid for any of that business development work. So um, that's that's part of it too, you know. Mm, interesting, yeah. Okay, so um, hmm. So what I'm hearing, yeah. So it sounds like what I'm hearing and what I'm sort of thinking about your situation is correct. I guess. I guess my question is. Um, well, tell tell me a little bit about the finances. We don't have to talk specific numbers, although if you if you're open to that, we can. Uh, but in terms of revenue, like how comfortable are you with um, where where the money is now? Where does it need to be to to have this make sense? I don't know if if maybe you've got a partner who's also helping with the financial situation at home, and this is sort of like a you're out on a limb and and not quite profitable yet. I don't know. Kind of walk me through like what that what that looks like because I know this is super new. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it, you know, it doesn't mean it's not making good money either. I just, I guess I, I don't know where you're at. So walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I started the business, I definitely had been saving up for, for that time, um, to make awesome. the trip. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a, I think I was in a pretty healthy position to start. I had, and still have a decent, you know, nest egg that I can kind of dip into for, you know, if I want to invest in, in equipment or invest in advertising or, you know, have cash flow where I've got to cover, you know, that kind of stuff is, is there. And I think I, I think I've actually made back, um, if I, if I go back into my books, everything that I've invested thus far. So nice. the business is sitting in a good spot. I think I've just been pretty um, pragmatic, I guess, in the things that I've decided to invest in and where I've put the money. And when I keep a project to myself or like, I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm full on hours so I can pass this project off to a contractor or a partner. Um, so I've been pretty diligent with that. So it's not necessarily like there are financial concerns. It's just, um, I guess I want to get to a point where, you know, I guess the question is, 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 is the model I have going to always rely on me being the one to bring in new business and new clients? Mm -hmm. Or is there, you know, opportunities to 
bring in a partner and I just don't know what that would look like, you know, with the, with the model, because it's like, once you take on a full-time person, you start to become more like a traditional agency, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, definitely. That goes away from like the, the founding principles of what we do and how we're trying to be very different. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the, that's the piece. It's like, I don't know if, if, um, you just take on an hour, you know, do people do hourly account service work or I'm sure you can find hourly project managers. Is that something, you know, and how do you, um, ensure that you're still keeping a close tab on like the quality of work and, you know, all those different things. Cause you're putting your name on it, you know, the alloy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brand on it, so I'm kind of rambling. I guess no. This is this is all fantastic. I, I this is making a lot of sense. Um, so let me let me ask you this question, okay? So so it sounds like the real question is not like how do we scale up to get to profitability. It sounds like that. It sounds like currently it's not a financial issue. Like maybe we all, would all like our businesses to be making a little more money, but you're not like in a really tight place that way. It sounds like so that's great. Yeah. Because what that does is it gives you some flexibility now to to try a different a few different things and see what works. Um, so I applaud you first of all, for having savings. That's, that's always my advice is to have, you know, I had like 18 months of runway when I left, when I actually got laid off from my job and took my business full time. I don't know if you need that much necessarily listeners, but, um, you know, I think having, having a little bit of a cushion there so you can get your feet under you and your business is always a good idea. So I'm glad that financial, that's not an issue necessarily for you, um, at, at this moment. So let's talk a little bit about this idea of like, um, maybe hiring people to do more of the account work and more of the what you called your seventy percent work right now, right? Your your client interactions, your proposal creation, all that stuff that you are sounds like you're good at and and you're fine to do it, but it's not what you're passionate about. Um, and and can you hire out for that? So let me ask you this question, maybe to get the ball rolling. So when you started the agency, mm-hmm. um, why did you hire uh, your first? freelancer or two to to be part of the group what was the motivation behind that it was it was primarily to round out the core services that we provide so i wanted to go to market with um the all of the capabilities that you could you know leverage from a traditional agency so mm-hmm. i personally do creative direction brand strategy i you know the first couple partners I brought on, one was a copywriter. So it's like, I, I worked with him in the past. He's out on his own. I'm like, Hey, do you want to team up and and be part of this? Um, then I found a video person that I've worked with before and went to them. And so it was just kind of going down the list of, um, skill sets that I wanted to be able to bring to market so that I could market the agency and say, okay, yeah, I'm here. And, um, so it wasn't necessarily that I had like all the demand or the client work for them right off of the bat, but it was like, Hey, here's the vision. Here's what I want to build. Do you want to be a part of it? And then now that we've kind of rounded out the, the crew, so to speak, and we've got all these different, um, capabilities, then like that was probably the first month or two of, of just going and having conversations with these people and getting them on board and getting them up to speed. And then the next couple months was just focusing on, okay, now how do we go find more clients and and start building that and promoting the agency that we've created? 
if that okay, makes cool. sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. I love that. So let me ask you another question. Uh, why, um, why didn't you just uh, do the copywriting and, and the videography yourself? You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I think that I'm... I'm fairly adept and skilled in those areas, but by no means an expert in those areas. And I don't want to, you know, when I, when I envision the brand and the services that we bring, I want to bring the best work. Um, and so I knew I needed partners that were experts in those areas to, to be able to rely on them to do that work, you know, in partnership with, you know, my creative direction and stuff. And it's very collaborative. Like the work we do is, is very collaborative, but I know what I'm yeah. good at and I know what I'm not good at. So, um, I don't want to, um, I want to deliver the best to the, to the people that we serve. I love it. I think that's, that's perfect. And it sounds like you've really got this figured out. So, so now my next question, and maybe you're seeing where I'm going with this. So now my next question is why not just do the same thing with, you know, account, what what traditionally in the agency feel in the agency world we might call an account manager or a client liaison or something um like why not just maybe you know people in your network or maybe that's the reason why not but it, what what is it that's sort of holding you back from doing the same thing on the admin side that you did on the creative side because it sounds like 
you you did it right on the creative side. You you knew people. You you found good people. Um, you realized maybe they were even better than you at some of this stuff, and and so you could leverage their talent. I mean, what what's different on the account side that I'm not seeing? Yeah, I think, well, that's a great question. And I think it could potentially just be my own lack of knowledge, I guess, or lack of um, knowing the options because hmm. I've been in this world, I've been on the side of marketing and creative and the production side, right? So I know all the people to actually get the work done, but it's that other side of the business that I'm just not as familiar with. Mm, um, yeah. Roles like account service. Um, you know, I know you can find freelance accountants and, and things like that, but um, I guess I don't know of anyone that's out there doing like freelance client management, you know, because it's in, in my mm. mind, and this could just, like I said, just be my own, you know, misconception. In my mind, those roles are typically full time employee roles. I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, cause well, they're not going to want to come and be like, Hey, I'll, I'll do this for you by the hour. Um, and not have, you know, not have like, okay, well here's, I think maybe once I have like a book, a solid book of clients or a science, a solid client base, um, that could maybe be easier to attract. But I think most people in that role would want a salary, um, potentially, like I said, I don't know. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of things. So, um, so I think there is definitely, it's definitely not as easy, right. To find someone in a project management or, or an account management or client management role. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, but writers and, and designers and videographers, all the creative types and, and myself being one. So I feel like I can speak openly about this sometimes are, are kind of a dime a dozen. Like if sometimes are a commodity now, not all are the same, right? Like you, you know, you, you can hire a really great one and you can hire a really terrible one. Um, but certainly it feels like in the world of freelancing and, and service uh, businesses that, that those are just more prevalent, just easier to find and more common. And it's like a, a proven model that lots of people do. And so, um, yeah, we start to branch out into these other things like account management or client management, and it definitely feels less common, but those do exist. Um, they definitely exist, uh, and and it's just a matter of finding the right people. So, for example, my team is made up completely of contractors. We don't have any full time employees besides myself, mm-hmm. and um, I have someone on my team who manages all of our uh, sponsors, which is basically like managing clients, right? So, yeah, they they do all the email interaction, they collect all the assets, they run the campaign, they report back on the campaign, they do all of the back and forth. So I'm sort of part of the initial conversation and then I hand it off to him. His name is Bilal and I hand it off to him and he does all of the interaction over time and he kind of reports back to me and then reports to the client and is, is a great sort of middle person. Um, he also helps develop new business. So like if we're down on, on sponsorships one month, he'll, uh, he'll reach out to people who have maybe sponsored us before or, um, new people that might be a match and try to see if they'd like to be interested in trying us out. And so those people definitely do exist. Um, I found Bilal through my own network, but I know you can find them through freelance marketplaces as well. Um, looking for, you know, searching keywords like client management, account management, um, things like that. But my guess is having worked in the industry for so long, I don't know, do you think you might know 
even if even if someone I don't know, even if someone isn't isn't what am I trying to say? Even if this this isn't their first uh their primary role usually. Like for example, Bilal, who I was just talking about, he he's primarily a marketer, right, by <laughs> trade. Yeah. But he just like is so good at organization and project management, he kind of fell into this role in our team. Yeah. I'm wondering if there if you think there might be someone in your network who maybe could fit the bill as well, who might want an extra 10 or 20 hours a week of different kind of work from what they're normally doing and you think they might be organized, might be a good people person. You know, there's some of those traits that you could train them on your processes. Yeah. But but they already have like the the core traits needed. I don't know if anyone comes to mind or if you think that's a possibility. Yeah, for sure. No, actually, that's really kind of exciting to think about that possibility. And when you work with, you know, in my mind, I guess I've ha- I've been on sort of maybe this one-way track where I'm thinking about contractors and bringing them on and all the work that they do is entirely billable back to mm. the client mm-hmm. that's working. And it sounds like this role could be somewhat of a hybrid actually where part of their time might be an investment that I'm I'm paying their hourly rate um, as alloyed if they're working on like business development but if they're managing you know a client project or something like that that time would be billable and and paid back by the client that they're working with is that is that kind of how you yeah work with people too yeah yeah, so um, so actually financially, that's not how I do it. And I'll explain in just a minute how how I do it. I know that traditionally in an agency model, it's always like, where do we bill this? Where do we bill this, right? It's always trying to figure out like, who's going who's gonna to pay the bill for this person or for this hour of work or whatever. Right. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how much, you know, you mentioned you've listened to a few episodes of the show. Clay and I are, <laughs> are kind of big harpers on, um, on hourly paying uh, paying hourly and charging hourly like like i actually believe and i think clay's with me on this one that um hourly just really complicates things a lot mm. um and and that's because i mean there's lots of reasons and i don't need to get into all of them today but i think the one most pertinent to our conversation today is like you're saying it's like well where do i build this to right where do i build this work to but imagine a scenario where everything instead was was fixed. So let's say you and I don't know if you know I don't know how your agency is built or if it's to the point where you could you could afford this or whatever. Because um, the nice thing about hourly is like you don't pay unless work is actually happening, right? But if you get if you could get to a point where there was enough work happening in your agency, and so imagine a scenario like this. Let's say you get um, four clients, just for easy math, four clients at twenty five hundred dollars a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know sometimes like in branding, uh, it can be tough to get like a monthly client, but let's just, I'm, I'm sort of trying to take a high level here and not get too down in the weeds yet. So just imagine with me for a minute and see if this sparks any ideas for your particular business. So let's say you can charge a client $2,500 a month. You can get four of those clients. That's $10,000 a month with that $10,000. Let's say you can hire, um, a designer again, all contractors, right? Same, same as you're doing now, but you hire a designer for $2,000 a month, a videographer for $2,000 a month, and a project person for $2,000 a month. That's that's $6,000 a month, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've got someone to interact with the clients, you got someone to do the work, um, and you're helping with the creative process and sort of all the pieces running the business, and you're netting 
for yourself, depending on what you pay yourself, maybe you pay yourself another two out of that, or or maybe you take the four, whatever it is. Um, and now you're you're basically you've basically got um, predictable cash flow that you can say it doesn't matter where we bill this to. We're just going to service our clients and we're going to pay our contractors to do the work that's needed when it's needed, right? And and that's a bit of a, a mindset shift from traditional agency work. Um, and, and certainly, certainly, I'm not saying that would work with every business, but I'm wondering if that sparks any ideas for your particular model and, and if there's any opportunity to sort of make your revenue more predictable. Because I think when you can make it more, your revenue more predictable, then you can make your hiring process and your um, employing freelancers process more predictable as well, right? And you don't have to say, well, I can't hire this person because there's no client to, to attribute their cost back to Mm -hmm. Um, you just say like well i've got this big pool of revenue from all my clients and i'm going to take a portion of that because i know a business development or a client relationships person is really important i can take a portion of that and allocate it to that person i don't know any any thoughts coming from all that yeah i'll be honest i have a really hard time kind of wrapping my mind around it um and for it's for two reasons one and, the, and this is probably just, it may be more of an excuse, but I think I have a harder time selling in an, a monthly cost to the clients that we've been working with, you know? Um, so sometimes that can be a little bit of a harder sell versus like we do like project-based work. So it's like we need a new website or we need to develop a, you know, a logo and brand um, foundations for this new company that we're going to launch. Mm-hmm of engage on on that level because they they're like they don't know enough about marketing to know what they're going to need next month or the month after to be like oh yeah i would spend x amount on that you know right yeah the other piece of it is like in the example where we're working with a client and this is kind of what gets us back to doing the hourly stuff and i'm i'm not i'm not pro hourly at by any means i think like in in a lot of ways when you have a team who's really good at what they do and you charge hourly, you end up underselling because you get, when you're, when you're good at something, you're faster at it. Right. So right. Yep. Um, you're not, you kind of start, um, you know, um, uh, yourself when you just charge. Absolutely. So I'm, yep. I'm definitely not pro hourly, but what happens is like a client will say, okay, let's say I need a logo design mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw out some numbers. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll create, this logo for you, you get two revisions. Um, it's $5,000. Um, but ultimately you kind of have to know, um, at what point do you start? What, at what point does the scope creep? Right. Cause the client could always come back and be like, well, I don't like those two options. So do you charge like, okay, for additional revisions, it's another, it's X amount hourly that we work on. You know, it's just like, um, it kind of helps protect the scope of the project so that they can't keep going round and round. Cause it's like, if it's a deliverable and you value base it, like we'll deliver you a logo designed for $5,000 and you go round and round and round in revisions, you spend 50 hours on it, you know, and all of a sudden you're not making any money because you're making $10. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 completely. I think I think that's why there's a huge uh, 
um, community around the idea of productizing your service, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't want to go so far as to productize your service, meaning like we charge five thousand dollars for a logo, take it or leave it, is kind of is kind of the productized model. Um, I think though there there could be like a hybrid or a middle ground between what you're explaining, the traditional agency model, and this productized model, and that is like. Let's say, uh, you know, a client calls up, they want a logo, you say it's going to be $5,000, we're going to deliver two options to you. Um, then that's, I mean, that seems pretty cut and dry to me. So, mm-hmm. so you know, you bring back two, let's say they don't like any. So to, to sort of mimic your scenario, like we don't like either of these. Yeah. And you say, okay, we understand uh, the these two concepts is what you paid for. Um if you want more concepts, here's how much it's going to be, right? And I know that those are hard conversations to have, but I think if you upfront answer all those questions and say, well, what if I don't like it? Well, then we're going to have to tack on some extra. We're going to have to revisit the scope. You know, it may not be an additional 5,000 to get two more because we've already done sort of this, this front end work of researching the brand and ideating some things. And we probably have some things in the wings that we ended up not using that we could pull out. And so maybe it's another, you know, 2000 or 2,500 or something again, just sort of making up numbers. But, um, you know, I think, I think there's maybe ways around that, but, but I wonder if, I wonder if maybe, so if this, if this idea of like recurring revenue doesn't work for your business model, which I understand clay and I, we always push this on people is this recurring model. And I completely can appreciate that there's that not all business models have a recurring element to them. They just can't. Um, so if you have clients that are calling you up and they need a logo, they're not going to need that every month. Right. So, so I can appreciate that. So I wonder though, if there's, if there's ways you can look more closely at the money side of things and still do something similar where it's like, we are, we're going to set a target again, back to my original math, we're going to set a target for, in a month. And whether that comes from one client or whether that comes from 10 clients or a hundred clients, you know, our target is to make $10,000 to bring in $10,000 in client revenue this month. When you have those targets, then you can budget out for a person that we're talking about here um, that that you can then hire for client acquisition, client management. And it, it is tough because they don't always directly translate back to an exact client that you can that you can do billable you know you can assign those those billable hours to that client but yeah but just because you can't doesn't mean you know that that person shouldn't be a part of your team right yeah for sure yeah i think it's part of just like making the mental leap to you know i've been so cautious with what i've invested in to try mm. to you know maintain um really good financial numbers and and minimize risk. And in a way, I kind of feel like I've reached sort of a, a critical mass in terms of like what I can do. And if I were to, uh, you know, it's like I invest 10, I'm getting back 20. Well, if I invest 30 and bring someone else on and, and pay for that, like, does that get me to 50, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean those those kind of risks. That's that is what's challenging. And I'm. It sounds like you and I are maybe similar. I'm I'm fairly risk averse. I've probably missed on opportunities in my business because of my aversion to risk. Um, not probably. I for sure have. 
Um, but I have a, a great runway, right? I have a, <laughs> like if my business were to tank, we could figure it out because we have plenty of time to, to completely change up the business model. And that has also helped me over the last however many years, six years I've been doing this full time. So, um, you know, it's risk is tough. Uh, we all have different risk tolerance. To me, it sounds like you're in a good financial place where you could test this with someone part time and slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, coming back to like if there was someone who maybe came to mind who might just be a good, trustworthy person that could test this out a little bit. Um, and there may not be a direct ROI, right? You kind of, you almost as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you almost have to also do like a gut check and just say, like, is it worth having this person on the team, even though I can't attribute them directly to, to billable hours. Um, yeah, and, for sure. you know, and sometimes you have to just rely on, on, on your gut for that. I don't know. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. I think for this to go, you know, if you think about, I guess how I, just to be candid, like how I feel right now is that I'm kind of just keeping my head above water in terms of mm. being able to go out and seek those new opportunities to bring in new clients that will, you know, grow the agency um, and and push us towards the vision that I have versus keeping up with the work that I'm trying to do too, you know, as a creative director side. And it's yeah. like this constant, um, you know, tug of war battle, right? And I think ultimately I've got to let go of some of that control and bring someone in who can focus on that entirely. You know, I'm like, when you try to do everything, you do nothing well. <laughs> kind yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. And so yep. it's like, I think in order for me to really take this to the next step and really push it towards where I ultimately want to see the agency go, um, I'm going to need someone to step in and help with some of that outside, you know, business development and client work. And, and then I can focus more on, you know, the creative work and mm -hmm. um, the things that we're doing for the clients too, which is what I'm good at, you know, so that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it makes a ton of sense and it, it is challenging, right? Um, to me, that seems like the best path. And of course, I'm not as familiar with your business as you are, but yeah, I, to me, that seems like the the best way is to like, and even you don't have to hire someone full time. They don't have to be, you know, $80,000 a year. Like it doesn't have to be this huge investment, just like you did with your contractors, your, your, your creatives, I should say, like you can go find someone who might just need some side revenue. Maybe they do this full time for, for something similar, obviously, like if they're doing it for an agency, that would be a problem, but yeah, you right. know, maybe they're doing client relationships in a completely different industry. And, um, and they just seem like a good, trustworthy, hardworking person. Like that would be the kind of person I would maybe look for at this stage is just like, just to test the, the whole process. Um, yeah. No, honestly, yeah. That, that's like really exciting to think about that. I'm like almost giddy about like, oh my God, I can start <laughs> doing design. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Being on, uh, you know, client calls all day long, which yeah. don't get me wrong. I love our clients, of course, but uh, it's just like I, like you said, it's you know this when you when you branch out and you want to like do your you know follow your passion and follow the things that you are um, really good at and really passionate about, and then you start a business and you're like, oh, like paperwork, 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. Admin work. I have to, yeah, I have to do all this stuff. The thing is, though, I think what we sometimes forget is there are people in this world who are passionate about that. Yeah. Right. There are people in this world who, who would hate to do the creative work. Yeah. Yeah. But who like wake up in the morning just excited to go, go talk with a client or meet with a client or organize the report for the client or, or figure out, you know, which hours go where, like all that stuff that you hate <laughs> or, or not hate, but yeah. that you'd rather be doing creative work. Yep. Right. Yep. Someone's yep. really excited about doing that work. And, and it is harder to find those people most definitely, but I, I think they do exist. And certainly where you've had maybe a, a you, I think you said 12 years or something in, in, in agency life. Like maybe you can even think of someone who has moved on to non-agency work or who, yeah, could somehow fit the bill as a trial. I think too, if it's okay with you, I, I, I want to riff on just a couple other quick ideas. Um, if that doesn't work out or, or if you need other ideas in the interim, um, I think there could be opportunity depending on who your contractors are, you could sort of enlist their help on finding new clients. You would still have to do a lot of the client management, but in terms of like new business development, you could say like any freelancer on our team, any contractor on our team who brings a new client to the larger group, um, they get a certain percentage maybe or or whatever. Uh, That could be really interesting. So it's like if I'm if I'm the copywriter and then I find out that one of my copywriting clients needs video work, you say, actually, I'm I'm a part of this agency that offers even more services. Um, I'd love to connect you. We have a videographer who does great work or, or whatever. Um, I think that could be really interesting in terms of generating new business. Uh, um, I think also, you know, salespeople are so hard to find, but in terms of generating new business, you could also find someone who might work on commission. I think that is, I have tried that so many times and it is very, very, very difficult. I've never been successful with it, Mm. but I have this dream that someone might be able to do it one day (laughs) where they start a business, the size of our businesses and, and they hire a a commission salesperson who it's like every new client that you bring in, we're going to give you a commission of, of the work that we do for them. Mm, And then, yeah. yeah, And then the last idea that I have, I'm not super familiar with this, but it could be worth researching yourself and seeing if this would be a fit. But I know Upwork has an agency model uh, where you can actually have all of your freelancers sign up on Upwork and then you can create, they call it an agency. And it's basically like you become the head of the agency on Upwork and then um, you can automatically or manually bid for jobs as an agency. So you would say like, um, hey, I'm Sarah, I run Alloyd. We've got freelancers of all kinds working within this agency. Um, so that could be an interesting way to generate some new business if you're if you're open to working on you know um, marketplaces like that. I know some people are, some people aren't, but it could be an option. So yeah. there's maybe just some, some rapid fire options. I don't know if that opens any more questions or brings any more thoughts to mind on your side. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've definitely familiar with Upwork, but um, I didn't know about that agency capability. So that's, that's interesting. I could check that out for sure. Yeah. And I wish I knew a little more about that. You'll have to, you'll have to dig into that and and find some information about it. But as a, as a client who's hired on Upwork before, I know there's been people who reach out and they say, I'm actually an agent an Upwork agency. And we have, you know, so, so many client or so many freelancers on staff, quote unquote on staff and, and, uh, so that yeah, that could be a really really good opportunity for generating some some new business too. I don't know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know it's it's hard to be competitive on Upwork with the pricing. Definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, it's definitely something to look at for sure. So. Yeah, particularly in design and and more creative work. I know some people who are really successful in Upwork, but they do really niche like data work and spreadsheets and stuff that maybe fewer people try their hand at. So, but yeah, for sure, maybe worth a shot. I don't know. Maybe worth at least learning a little bit more about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we've done. We do have the referral. Uh, option with the partners it's been a little bit harder to kind of um i guess i haven't seen any results from that yet but it's still you know it's still early and yeah really that will you know help but um it's definitely yeah and well i'm glad to hear you have that in in uh that it exists in i i wonder if you could offer some training or some marketing material or something like here are some trigger phrases your client might say that might be a good opportunity to say actually we offer these services too you know like yeah for sure there's the obvious there's the obvious stuff like hey do you know a videographer <laughs> like that's really easy but but then there's like maybe some other phrases that you could train them to pick up on or i don't know it's yeah. tough when they're not like your full-time employees offering training or whatever but right. find, but you could maybe find a way to do that and and that could be interesting to sort of really focus on that as a as a client intake method yeah or even like sending them a maybe a, a script or a template email that they could send yeah. out to their client like hey you can just copy and paste this to your clients if you you know and it kind of tells them that they're a part of alloyd and here's here's what else they have to offer and see what happens there that's, that's yeah a, that'd be an interesting way to go too yeah i love that or if they'd be open to it like having having a tiny little link in their email signature that says i also work with alloyd if you need other services like um yeah for sure you know everyone would have to balance how much they want to expose themselves as 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 also working for an agency but where it's a sort of different model i don't know they might be open to it and and a lot of times in my experience contractors are open to anything that will that will get them more business and more revenue so yeah for sure um, that's a good that's a good thought i think there's probably a lot of untapped opportunity there yet so yeah and the more the more you sort of make your agency feel like this cool community that they're a part of and this exclusive group the more they'll they'll feel like it's it's part of them like our, so our team is all contractors like i mentioned but we are a team like we act like a team we you know we um we make plans together we set goals together like we function as like if you walked in, I mean, we don't all meet in the same room. We're all over the world, just like yours. But if we were all in the same room and you walked in, you'd think that we we were just, you know, a traditional W-2 employees all in a room working together. That's that's just how we work. It's just that legally on paper, they're contractors. And so if you can yeah. sort of build this community, this camaraderie and and this thing where it feels like everyone's looking out for everyone else, like that can become really, really special. So do you have like the top three quick hit things that you did to kind of help bring that to life. Cause that's definitely something that's part of the vision that I have for Alloyd. It's just, how do you make that happen? You know, yeah. people are kind of like, you know, maybe a little more cautious about giving their time to it and it's new. And, um, what is, how did that look for you when you were kind of getting this started? Yeah, great, great question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I think a couple things I did is uh, so I I give these are these 
these are little things, but, but over time or they sort of add up or once, you know, all together, they sort of add up to feeling like, Oh, I'm a part of this team. So I give everyone an email address, uh, at our domain, Mm. um, so that they can communicate with clients and sponsors and customers all from the, the company email address. Right. And when you have an email address for a company now, it's like, Oh, I'm part of this thing. Um, so we, we do that. We, I gave everyone a title. So they're not just like Adam, the freelancer on the team. It's like Adam is our digital product manager, right? And um, and he doesn't manage any people, his particular role, but he manages all the processes around our digital products. And so so I gave them titles. So I think that that is helpful because it's kind of like, you know, I'm this is my role on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I put I I put everyone in the same Slack channel. So we have a, a company Slack channel and <clears throat> asked everyone to to join that. And most of our uh, work happens there. And then on ClickUp, which is our project management software, and I added them there as well. So I really just I did a lot of things that felt like very traditional office work, like as if I were hiring them as full time employees. Uh, you know you wouldn't often give a freelancer working for you uh, an email address and it sounds like a little thing but it but it really it really makes it feel like they're part of the team so and then and then those are maybe the the beginning things but i think what really um drives it home is just the the culture the way you talk together like um the amount of trust i show my team right i they'll ask me questions and i'll say here's here's kind of what i think but i trust you go ahead make it you know move forward make a decision and um and so not micromanaging them, things like that make them feel like they're a valued member of a team instead of uh, an asset that we pay hourly. Oh, that was the other thing is I pay them all a fixed rate. Um, so it feels a little bit more like a job and like I'm also committed, right? I, I I pay them a monthly fixed rate and I and I in some cases I've had like a deal where it's like we're going to try this for 12 months. But in most cases, I just say, I'd like to pay you this much a month. Um, and and you can decide how many hours that needs to make sense in your mind. Here's the work that I think needs to get done. But because they're on like a recurring monthly fixed basis, they again, it, it feels more like a like a job or like a responsibility. Like I'm on this team and I, I have to perform month over month. So those are a few things. I don't know if that sparks any ideas on your end, but that's kind of those are a few things I've done on my team. Yeah, I love that. I love Slack. We are we're all on Slack, but I think I haven't taken it to that next level where I've actually, you know, given them a company email address and things like that and I definitely think that could be a cool way to bring them in a little closer, you know, and make them feel a little more like they're part of something. So, yeah. Um, sorry, more ideas that are coming to mind, but like uh, an about page on your website where they all have their photos and, you know, link to their link to their personal freelancing site or whatever, you know, they love, they'll love that kind of thing. And this isn't, I don't mean to say this thing, these things as like ways to manipulate people into thinking they're part of a team. This is just like, you know, you think about what, what you would want if you were on someone's team, Yeah. you know, and, and having an about page, like we have an about page that has all the members of our team, a nice photo, a nice bio, a nice link to their own stuff. And, and, um, yeah, there's just ways of like saying like, yes, you're on the team, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. So. No, I mean, I definitely, I, I agree. It's not, it's not to manipulate. It's to create like a community, um, yeah. of people that, you know, hopefully like to work together. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, good. I, I I think we're coming up on the end of our time here. Are there any other questions uh, I can answer for you or, or any other thoughts that you might have? Um, no, I don't think so. This has been really helpful. And I, I think a good mindset shift for me um, in terms of the type of support I bring on, not always needing to be, uh, you know, tied back to ROI. There can be, um, mm. there can be support that I bring on that's, uh, you know, an investment into the company. So that's, that's a good shift for me. Um, and I think kind of the aha moment I'm taking away from this. I love it. I think, I think that's the perfect way to think of it. You know, there's always going to be that directly attributable ROI. And then there's just going to be sort of gut ROI (laughs) where it's just like, no, it's worth having this person, even though I can't on paper trace every penny back to the work that they're doing. And Yep. So good. Well, why don't you, you know what I would love, and we should have brought this up earlier in the show. I would love it if someone was listening and they're like, oh, I would be the perfect client relationships project manager person for Sarah. So why don't you, why don't you um, remind everyone where they can find you, how they can contact you. Maybe the perfect person you need to hire is listening right now. And uh, that would be just amazing if we could make that connection for you. But in any, in any case, will you just remind people how to get in touch with you? Yeah, no, that would be that would be really awesome. Um, so if you're listening, uh, come on over to Alloyd, A-L-O-I-D-E dot com. Um, and you can get in touch with us there. Or you can email me at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H dot Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L at Alloyd dot com. Um, would love to, you know, make some new connections and see what what people are out there that uh, maybe I I don't know about yet. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on a call today. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.